Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Working memory, validating the test, who was Solomon Henshin? Adults with Discoculia, Discoculia and the PIN code. This is our podcast for week 40 of 2020 and welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services to help us review the links of this week. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. No, as always, thank you so much for inviting me back again. Absolutely, absolutely, we couldn't do it without you. Now, we have wonderful links here as usual. And the first one is about working memory. We talked a little bit about working memory last time. And what news do we have here? The working memory. Yes, not only regular memory should work properly if you want to do math, but also working memory. Uh, and that's very, very important. So um, if your uh, working memory is difficult, if not is a little bit limited, so hampered. to say, mm-hmm. hampered, uh, that can really uh, influence your uh, math performance. Okay. Because what is working memory doing? It kind of holds something on your um, visual pad in front or your, mem- uh, your verbal pad in front of you, what you need to do. So it develops over time, and that's what they say also here. This is a whole um, interesting and short and very concise message from Cambridge Mathematics. They're mm-hmm. express uh, with a cup of coffee. We have All referred right. to them. Es- express. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We have um, referred to them uh, before also. Uh-huh. And they actually did some uh, some great research here, and they figured out some more details about working memory. Now, it's important for all academic topics, but it's especially important for math, where you need to keep in mind what the question asks for. Then usually you have several steps for the solution, and then you have the numbers that you need to put in there. I I always uh, use my fingers because uh, when I I add something up, I need to regroup uh, and then... uh, like five five plus six is eleven i write down the one and then i and then automatically as old as i am automatically i put one finger up to remember that i need to carry the one to the other uh, to the other column yes yes i do a similar thing i just keep my one finger up but um i don't write it anymore because oh. i have it in my hand oh, my okay. finger is here okay Work anyway so there's Good. a limit to the amount of information that you can hold in your working memory. Correct. Of now, course, yes. for an average adult, this is uh, approximately five unrelated words or numbers. Okay. Or a sentence of around 15 words. Now, there are people who can hold uh, six or seven uh, things in, and that is in usually short-term uh-huh. memory. But working memory, you actually do something with those things. So to mm. you're juggling them around. So that's a lot more yeah. difficult, and um, uh, and and you need more um, information in your brain to to do that. So let's go back to the kids. An average five-year-old can only remember two unrelated words or numbers. And that working memory, like you already said, is gradually increasing 
during your school time and it's right. it's kind of leveling off around 14 15 16 years it's on my way back now huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, more importantly there is also a lot of individual variation okay so if you have a class of um, year two students and obviously right. we talk about the uk here so um, kids of six and seven years uh, there may be some children with similar working memory capacity as an average child in an earlier stage age three to five right and some others that are more advanced in their work, and mm -hmm. they can match the average year five uh, pupil this so actually a nine to ten year old okay so there's a great variation there. there's a very great variation that makes it really difficult uh, for uh, teachers so um, the what they also found here is that those working memory restrictions really limit the information that you can hold uh, in your memory but also that has a direct effect on your level in math in later years yes yeah, i can see that okay so then um, they um, have some suggestions here for students who struggle with math um, what you may be uh, do them do to help them um, you can particularly um, make uh, things in smaller steps right break it down in smaller steps yeah. break it down in smaller steps uh, use manipulatives is another thing um, just use the old-fashioned repetition and memory aids uh, that you can hang up in your classroom yeah. or um, number charts that the child can have on his desk and um, using graphical organizers that also like uh, works yeah. yeah very good ideas and particularly that they managed to put that all down in um, in two pages <laughs> click on it it's, um, it's really uh, worth uh, reading now another thing that they found was that there's evidence that all those um, popular computer-based memory training apps, right. apps and games yes. can indeed and stuff. Yes. Yeah, can indeed improve working memory a little bit. But there is no evidence that that carries over to uh, doing math if you do not also work on the math. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Even, if, even yeah. if the main issue of a student who is struggling in math is um, limited working memory you can do some working memory training but you still also need to need train to work the on the math right okay okay good point good point good article our next link is about validating a test validating a test and i think they 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 had some issues with trying to use uh an english test in the arabic language yes yes they actually translated the toma 3 test and probably you've heard of that toma stands for test of uh, math abilities it's designed for age 8 to um, 19 right and it usually takes between an hour an hour and a half it has several subtests it goes on um, symbols and concepts some computation 
um, but very good in this test is that it also touches upon how uh, math in their real life is going on. So, and then word problems, not all uh, tests have that. So I, I really like that. And then if you want, there's a supplement about attitude uh, toward math. So, and there obviously uh, anxiety may come up. Okay. Now, what they did here is um, really carefully uh, not only translate, but try it out, compare, and went through the whole uh, process of uh, validation. And it was reliable and they could interpret it in the right way. And uh, their uh, conclusion was that this Arabic version of the Toma 3 is very good, it's valid and reliable, and that they can uh, make a diagnosis of dyscalculia in Egyptian school-age children. So that's fantastic. Great. If yeah. you see that that already goes on in Egypt. Now, I have a little bit of a comment here. If you can only start testing at age eight, that you miss a lot of opportunities. <laughs> that is maybe a little bit right. to the late uh, side, but on the other hand, big compliments right. that they are doing this in Egypt. Right. Now, our next uh, link is who was Solomon Henshin, and there is a there's a little video with it. Let's let's see if we can get that to play. Good morning, students. Today I'm going to teach you about a new uh, problem uh, of uh, disadvantaged children, that is dyscalculia. So dyscalculia is a problem, if you look at this word, calculia word comes calculation, dis means disorganized or problematic. So it's... So there's a mixture of a couple of dialects there, uh, which makes it uh, difficult to follow. But I think I think the it's an interesting uh, presentation. But the quintessence of it is that Mr. Henshin is a Swede, and uh, who's long gone, a Swede who discovered this cochlea. Well, yes, and and this um, comes from the Sadbavna College for Education. College of Education for Women in Rykot, which, uh -huh. as you probably know, or may know, is in the Punjab province in the northern India. Well, you have probably recognized the accent. Oh, absolutely. And um, they have published quite a number of videos with information about dyscalculia and other learning disability related topics. Now, in the current video, uh, the presenter makes the point that there was, a, like you said, a, a neurologist from Sweden uh, who already mentioned dyscalculia in 1919 for the first time. And that was new for me, <laughs> as I was under the impression that it had been... Uh, Dr. Schroeder learned something new today, listeners. Absolutely, this is, this is so... This is wonderful. <laughs> there is so much information out there on the internet. You really need to uh, click on this one also. So... Uh, I thought that uh, at first Dr. Gerstmann in 1940 uh, described the system and at that moment it was called the Gerstmann syndrome uh, that later uh, Dr. Ladislav Koch in 1974 came uh, with coining the uh, 
uh, term dyscalculia, but apparently that was uh, mentioned before. And um, we needed to have more information about this really interesting uh, yes. doctor, Salomon Henschen. And um, it actually comes from Wikipedia. That was a fast information. Uh-huh. Henschen is known for his investigations of aphasia. So not being able to talk. Okay. As well as systematic studies involving the visual components and pathways of the brain. And we all know that um, math is really related to uh, visual spatial processing. Yes. So he wrote a book on this, uh, which is called uh, Klinische und Anatomische Beiträge zur Pathologie des Gehirns. And if I say that in English, clinical and uh, anatomical contributions to the pathology of the brain. Okay. And uh, was published over 25 editions from 1890 to 1930. That guy's been busy. That guy has been really busy. And in 1919, he described dyscalculia and later introduced the term acalculia. And that is still in the DSM-5, as we all know, uh, the impairment of mathematical uh, this, uh, yeah, impairment of mathematical abilities in individuals was brain damage. So right. they didn't have it from birth. It was not developmental dyscalculia, but it um, originated later due to an accident or um, uh, vascular incident in the brain. Yeah. So you're never too old to learn. Uh, never yes. too old to learn. Never too old to learn. Yeah. Now about uh, dyscalculia and being old, uh, the next link is about adults with dyscalculia. So you don't grow out of it, huh? You keep you keep having dyscalculia. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Um, with the slowly increasing awareness, luckily, of what dyscalculia is, also. Uh, comes a group of adults who now realize that may ha that they may have had or stick or actually still have dyscalculia, and it keeps bothering them in their daily life. So they now seek treatment or at least a diagnosis. Right. Um, so they know for sure. In hindsight, they want to know I was not stupid. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because this is this is a, told a their big whole thing. Life, uh, probably that they were losers. That they were just oh. actually having a learning disability that they can compare right. with dyslexia right. and what is generally accepted over here, uh, and that we know that is not the same as having not a good um, intelligence. So this link. Um, is to a theme number from the ELM magazine and it's completely dedicated to dyscalculia. So um, it for instance tells the story of Davina Calloway mm -hmm. who was diagnosed as an adult and who has now has learned to cope with her dyscalculia, carries a calculator for instance but she still vividly remembers that going to school really was a nightmare for her. And it was a reason of a lot of shame and anxiety. So in my practice, I also get more and more requests from adults who have issues with math and now think it may be dyscalculia. So to help them, we have recently launched a whole new website. Okay. Adultdyscalculia.org. So Good. please 
click it's on that. It's a home for also. the adults with dyscalculia. Finally, we have a home for them. Absolutely. And we hope that this will eventually uh, serve for them as a place where they um, get more information, where they uh, get understanding and um, also get uh, testing and help. Good, good, great. Well, it brings us to our last uh, link, uh, and uh, that's about Discoculia and the PIN code, the lovely PIN code. Well, actually, that is a very good uh, follow-up from the previous link, because there also it was mentioned that uh, memorizing PIN codes and phone numbers was one of the big issues and losing, uh, losing track where you have to go. So... Um, this, uh, and we actually talked about it recently in this podcast also, about the, the real horrors that people with dyscalculia have because uh, the PIN codes and, for instance, the recaptcha codes. The recaptcha codes, yes. Yes, they can be cumbersome. And uh, the two-factor authorizations are also going too fast for them. And then they cannot enter all the web pages that they want to visit. So here is, so, uh, like I said, a Twitter post from someone who has trouble with her PIN code. And it's an even larger issue because if you enter it three times wrong, right, you probably have to request a brand new yes, card with yes, all the hassle that yes, can bring. And in the meantime, yes. you are in a shop and right. you want to purchase some things and uh, you're not able to do that. So we totally understand the, the issues of this person. Thank right. you for, for yeah, sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder. A very interesting uh, session. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services. And um, I would say, my dear listeners, this time go to her brand new website, adultdiscoculia.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.